Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 27. I'm Joel Payne from Resound Worship. I'm Sam Hargreaves from EngageWorship.org. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic song, I Will Offer Up My Life, reviewing 2016's 12-song challenge, including the December two-line challenge, inviting you to join the song cycle for 2017, launching our new charity, the Song and Hymn Writers Foundation, and focusing in on inspiration and first draft ideas in the workshop, as well as responding to your tweets, posts, and emails. Happy New Year, Sam. Happy New Year. How was your Christmas? It was good. I was in Sweden, hence I'm singing ABBA. Lovely. Was it, is that an uh, ABBA song? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is one of those games, isn't it, where I say a song and then you go... No, I think, well, I think this Tully is Potten. part of your Swedish residency exam. You have to, yeah, you have to know true. the entire ABBA repertoire. Off yeah, the IKEA catalogue and uh, yeah. uh, how to drive a Volvo. It's true. Yeah. Um, did it snow? No. Oh. It's apparently just snowed now we've left, which oh. the kids are a bit disappointed about. But I think I've got early onset um middle agedism because i kind of have this thing now that it's actually easier if it doesn't snow oh, i love that you think it's early onset yeah it's very early <laughs> it's very early um cool what have you been up to um yeah well christmas new year um back at work today if you can call this work mm. and um yeah just planning um i'm teaching a three-day intensive at london school of theology in um multimedia and multi-sensory worship so basically if people want to break out of you know uh, um worship that's just focused around singing or just focused around one particular way of worshiping uh, we're going to be thinking about sort of biblically theologically but also practically how do we use images how do we use technology how do we use all the senses to engage people in worship so it's going to be fun cool that's good um When's that? Did you say that or did I? It's the first, no, I don't think it's the first three days of February. Uh, so if people are interested, they need to kind of get themselves over to the LST website or can you put a link to this on our? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. On our podcast I'm gonna, I'm page. Gonna write down here, link to yeah, LST it's a, Intensive. It's a Wednesday to a Friday. So it's the kind of thing that you might have to take some time off work or if you work for a church or something, then maybe you can get it as kind of work time. Uh, but it's open to anyone. Obviously, there'll be LST students there. Yeah, Joel, you type so loud. Oh, sorry. Do, do you think the like, listeners will know that? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's so loud. It's like an eighties film where you're hacking into the Pentagon. Shh, don't say that. Don't say that. I'm suddenly now they're listening to me at Langley. Yeah, they just uh, flagged something, didn't they? They've given up on me. Um, there's also a um, worship symposium coming up at LST, isn't there? Yeah, it's in the summer, isn't it? Yeah. It looks really, really good. It does look very good. We'll put a link to that as well. That's that's like serious academic stuff serious on stuff. worship, isn't it? I've been to one of those yeah. before. There's one a few years ago. Mm. Um, and it's good. So um, good. We'll, we'll put that on as well. Um, How about you, Joel? Well, well, obviously I've had Christmas and New Year and that sort of thing, um, which was nice. Um, the big news, I guess, since we last recorded, just about since we last recorded, is we finally got the go-ahead from the Charity Commission for our new charity. Yay. Which is called the Song and Hymn Writers Foundation. Yes. Awesome. So what's happened is we've taken Jubilate, um, which is the kind of parent company of, of Resound, um, and we've flipped it all on its head and we've made Jubilate into a subsidiary of a bigger charity that goes over the top. And so that charity will cover stuff like our um, songwriting and publishing, but it's also now going to cover lots of work, this, this kind of thing that we're already yeah. doing, the podcast, the 12-song challenge, the retreats, yeah. the workshops. We're going to invest more and more in training, equipping, resourcing um, songwriters right from the grassroots, right up to, like we're talking at the moment, we've got some uh, some thoughts about developing a theological course for songwriters. Yeah. Um, so partnership with other institutions uh, it's it's very exciting I think I mean I was at the uh, the meeting we had just before Christmas with our new board of trustees and I, I must say you know you think uh, starting a charity reorganizing structure does that really make a difference but the conversations that we were having around that table were just so different you know from you know uh, previously talking a lot about songwriting royalties and and those kinds of things which are all important and there is still a you know a publishing arm of, of what we're doing but the primary conversation was how do we resource songwriters how do we reach new songwriters hymn writers you know what will help what, and I, I just loved it it was 
it was so encouraging to see that you know having set up this charity it's changed the way we're all thinking and we're now thinking how can we you know best serve people yeah and it gives now an opportunity for people who share our values and our vision to say actually we want to stand with you and support you in doing this because it's not like we say it's not actually it's not about it's not about lining anyone's pockets but we really want to influence the the broader scene as well and say look we really believe in a in a really high quality worship song Mm. and it's been carefully crafted that has substance and depth but that engages your emotions and all those kind of things I really pursue that so we're really excited about it we'll tell you more um in the next episode if you are interested in um either getting involved in some of the activities that we're doing which you know obviously you are to some extent because you're listening to this um or supporting what we're doing we'll give you some information about that in the next podcast we'll have all of that um set up one of the things we are going to do though is we're going to have a hymn writing workshop um in london on the 6th of may this year so we're just sorting out the details for that noel tradinic is going to do the musical side of stuff Woo-hoo. master noel dr noel noel is he's just extraordinary musician um he's conductor, the man. composer um, and martin leckerbush who is probably the most prolific British hymn writer at the moment, yeah. I think, in terms yeah. of his output. Yeah, He's true. coming to do stuff yeah. on text and words. Martin is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to the 6th of May. Again, we'll have some booking details for that before long. Worship Songwriting Retreat booking will open on the 18th of January. Um, and we think it will probably will sell out quite quickly. I've already had people get in touch saying, I want my place, I want my place. Ah, um, so keep an eye out for that um, and it's great we're going to have Geraldine there I'm going to be there and Matt Osgood's going to be there and we're going to be um, the tutors leading that um, and then the other thing is we've been setting up our, a new song project for this year so we're not going to tell you a lot about that at the moment but normally with Razan we put out about a song a month we kind of write them as we go and when they're done we, we publish them and so on There'll be a little bit of that, but we're going to try and collect a load of stuff together and do something that's kind of a, a crossover between our usual output and a more kind of focused album project um, so that we invest a bit more in the recording um, so that we theme it and, and so on. So that's going to be coming out yeah. in the middle of the year. It's something we'll be focusing on and we will share more because we'd love to get you um, get you on board and supporting that right from the off. So we turn to some correspondence. Yeah, we've had an email from Helen, uh, who works with Roger Jones and the Christian Music Ministries um, Ministry. (laughs) And she says, I've listened to your latest podcast. You discuss performance in worship. I have one thought which has come through my experience of working with uh, Christian Music Ministries. You talked a lot about God as the audience for our worship. If we're thinking of a concert model um, coming from a moderate charismatic background, I'd like to suggest that for some of our worship services, it's essential that God becomes the performer. Brilliant. we can give him space and time in a service to come by his Holy Spirit and do among us whatever it is he wants, whether that's healing, confession, inspiring, deeper praise, or even lament and intercession. So often we move from a section from section to section in our services without paying attention to the true worship leader. Music is an incredible tool given to us by God to facilitate this. At CMM, when we're out in usually quite traditional churches teaching on music and worship, we include an element of creative worship. We teach about bringing air holes, it's a nice little phrase, into a song by showing congregations how to improvise over a chord sequence. Once they've got the hang of this, we can take it a step further, inviting a soloist to sing out over this chord sequence what they feel God might be saying for this moment. Music really does facilitate prophecy in an amazing way, uh, e.g. Elisha in 2 Kings 3. That's a cool um, That's a cool idea, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that thought about God as the performer. That's really helpful because that's such an important difference in the dynamic between theatre or um, or a concert. And, and it reminds us of how if, if it's this kind of, if the concert is the essentially is the band as the performer driving everything, yeah. then in a sense the key performer is not is not doing their thing. I mean, they can be doing their thing through them, can't they? But I, I yeah. totally see that point. I think it's a really good one. Yeah, and I think she's, she's just, you know, we were talking about the audience, not the audience, but the congregation as the performer as well. And I, I think we don't want to get away from that. But the, there's a thing in traditional um, sort of liturgical worship about worshiping a dialogue and God speaking and we respond. Yeah. And God speak and we respond. And I guess that brings together those two ideas, doesn't it? That we need to give space for God to speak and space for us as, as the, the people of God to respond. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Helen. Um, we also put out last time our first draft attempt at Ten Commandments and Beatitudes of worship songwriting. 
Um, and we got a few a few of you got in touch, a few thoughts. Ali said, uh, is number five too similar to number one? Yes, actually, Ali, it is. It's almost <laughs> the same. Might need more explanation as to what you mean. But I think both commandments and beatitudes are good. Can people see these if they if they yeah, want we'll to? Yeah, uh, they're on the show notes for last time, but we'll stick them on again this time. Yeah, I, think we'll, I guess we're going to update them. Um, David said, thou shalt not write all verses in the range of a hippo and all the choruses in the range of a chipmunk. It's not a bad idea. That's quite a good commandment, isn't it? Um, Louis said, I like the content of both commandments and Beatitudes. Sums up the relationship I have with church generally. It's intriguing, mm. isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know more about that. And Andy said, I actually wrote both of these up on a sheet of A4 and have it hanging up on my notice board above my desk for occasional glances of inspiration. Brackets, I haven't actually written anything since it went up, so perhaps it needs more glances. Uh, the only thing I would point out is perhaps I use the phrase Mook Church you in did. a negative yeah. sense. So I was meaning kind of corporate, every church looks the same. Um, he says, perhaps it isn't the clearest way of expressing the point. I know what Sam is getting. At. And I, I mean, like, to be honest, when I re- reread them, I thought, oh, actually, I banged these out, you know, just before the last podcast and I yeah. haven't looked at them since. And I think, you know, I think I've got four Beatitudes and it could do, perhaps do with one or two more. And yeah, and yeah maybe that phrase mcchurch is you know if you don't immediately know what it is it could be it could be improved but uh, yeah. it'd be interesting to know if people especially for me you know on the beatitudes if people have got other ideas um for the beatitudes that we could add the, the idea behind those is that they're they're the sort of blessed are they're positive rather than a kind of your very negative joel thou shalt not um <laughs> kind of inspirational and um yeah that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> I also quite like that Andy has stuck up the laws above his desk and now it's can't write. <laughs> so Andy, I suggest you take them down quickly. <laughs> or something or you meditate on them. Dissect a classic. This month we're going to look at the classic song I Will Offer Up My Life by Matt Redman. So this was written by Matt in nineteen ninety-four. Do you know what? I I looked this up and in several different places I found a different date. So I think mm. I got nineteen ninety-four from the We Are Worship website. I think they should know. Um Because they are worship. Yeah, they are wor- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I also found on there a little bit some reflections from Les Moyer, who's this guy who has he's very much behind what's happened with Kingsway and Matt Redman, Tim Hughes and so on and uh, and this kind of emerging British worship mu- movement through the 90s and the and the noughties and um, Les said about this song um, this is the first song that Matt wrote that really went beyond Soul Survivor and actually the Broad Church Matt was really influenced by the Vineyard Church in his early years and you can hear that same intimacy expressed in the song there's a sign of maturity in his lyrics and it's one of the earliest and clearest demonstrations of his worshippers heart the song helped give him confidence as a songwriter, especially as it came after Matt had met with Kevin Prosh, an American worship leader who became highly influential in Matt's life. Kevin was able to help Matt see that he had permission to make the music that was in his heart. Mm. Uh, and that's great. So that's from the We Are Worship um, website that I got that text. Uh, it's really interesting to hear from Les's point of view that this was the one, this was the song in a sense that made, I guess, made made matt into a into a national global songwriter it's yeah. one that was so widely picked up so i'm going to pick out one or two things that i think make this work really well um and then sam you're going to do so as well aren't you um mm. i think two things i i think make it work and and matt redmond does this a lot is a really repetitive melody mm. that's that's simple and quite a steady meter yeah um it's nothing complicated in there and then just repeats it again same melody and then this this device and we've mentioned it before of in when you repeat the same melody four times on the third time you put in the variation do do in surrender i must give it's such a it's a lift it's a highlight and it gives the whole thing character where it could be boring otherwise um and the other thing i think is um it is a really intimate song it definitely has the feel of intimacy and i know when i've sung it it's got that sense of real personal song singing devotion to god but actually when you look through the lyrics they're almost yeah. all drawn from biblical text yeah so it's not it's not just matt's musings he's managed to take um biblical texts some of which are intimate psalms some of which are other things um and put them in a package which makes it intimate and i think that's a great lesson that in order for a song to be devotional personal heartfelt and other things that doesn't mean it just has to come pour straight out of your own head yeah. Actually, you can research and you can draw on other stuff and still create a song that does that. I think that's partly why this is such an enduring and powerful song. Um, one of the things that 
really struck me looking at it again was the focus on the whole life as worship. So he talks about, I will offer up my life, must give my every part, my words could not tell, you know, my words are not enough. And um, what he's basically saying is that worship in spirit and truth is not just about singing. Yes, there is a big singing element to, to what he does and to even, you know, part of this song, you know, what can I, uh, what can I, what can I sing to you? But he's also saying that we need to give our whole lives to God uh, as worship. And that's a, a theme that, you know, is in this really early song. It also returns. It's obviously there in, in this, you know, maybe most famous song, The Heart of Worship. Um, and it's there in his recent album. There's this uh, song, Unbroken Praise, which is the title track of his recent album. And it has this uh, line, so let my deeds outrun my words and let my life outweigh my songs. And I think it's really strong that all the way through his sort of songwriting career, he's been emphasising, yes, we come and sing to God in worship in, you know, in church, but also we're going to go out and offer our whole lives to God. That's the, that's the worship yeah. that God is seeking. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is this double meaning of uh, what can I give, you know, in the chorus of repetition, what can I give, what can I bring? To me, that's always meant, you know, what can I possibly give? You know, what could I give to you, God? But it's also meant, actually, God, show me what, what can I give? Help me to see what I can give. And I'm wondering whether that kind of depth, you know, is very simple, very, you know, primary chords, simple melody, but uh, as you say, it's very biblical. And it also has this kind of lyrical, almost cleverness that gives it that enduring thing. So, you know, 23 years later or whatever, we're still singing yeah. it because it's not just surface level, I guess. Yeah. And do you know what, as well? It has a range of seven notes. <laughs> wow. And that is the Ruth Goddard range. It fits the Ruth Goddard test. Yeah, it does. It's got a range of seven notes. Um, can we improve it? If Matt had brought it along... Um, I've got to say, I looked through this and I I just thought, this is excellent. Yeah. This is a really... Ex- I mean, it's so lyrically rich. It's singable. It's engaging. It's got that range. It's still... The only thing... I, so I did pick out one thing, but that was just in order just to be... Uh, difficult is this idea of bringing a sacrifice of a broken heart Mm -hmm. and i wonder with that whether that is a bit of matt speaking and saying actually i'm a person with a broken heart i've had a difficult life and this is this is all i can bring as a sacrifice yeah or whether it's implying that what god requires of us is a broken heart and i just struggle a little bit with that theologically because it's we we have it in songs. God says, you know, what's the sacrifice you require? A broken and contrite spirit, and I think that's quite different to a broken heart. Uh-huh. Broken and contrite spirit is about humility. Okay. Whereas a broken heart is more about suffering, and and I'm not sure that's the that's the bit I would want to be a bit careful with this idea of of broken heart. You know, sometimes we, we, like we, I remember once actually Matt put into a song, "Father, break our hearts." raise our hands or change or something like that and yeah and we had a theologian who came and looked at it and he said actually god's the healer of broken hearts not the mm. breaker of hearts and i think mm. that's an important point yeah i think you could be right and i think it's 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 when we're borrowing from that kind of hollywoody romancy language isn't it to sort of yeah. say say something that sounds a little bit like a pop song um i suspect you know he had didn't have any of that um in his mind but um yeah possibly um I really struggled to find anything to improve. I think, you know, if I if I came to it, I'd probably add more chords and I'd probably make the melody more complicated and I'd probably ruin it. So it it's hard to it's hard to critique really. I think it's nice to have a simple song, but as you say with that lyrical depth and I'm going to say I don't have any critique. Oh, Brilliant. It's a first. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> that's great. Well done. Oh, well, that's excellent. Uh, well done, Mr. Redman. Uh, you'll be pleased to hear Sam doesn't have any critique. Yeah. We have reached the end of the 12 Song Challenge. If you're just tuning in to the podcast for the first time, um, just to recap, we spent the last 12 months writing a song a month with a community of songwriters um, around the world who've been listening to the podcast. We put out an idea, some parameters, limitations, theme, whatever it might be, and we'd all have a go. At it. And the idea was not really to try and write 12 brilliant songs. It was just to get writing. Yeah. So it's all about starting some stuff each month and see where it goes and so on. 
Um, and we're going to look back at the, the December challenge in a moment. But first of all, we just asked a bunch of you, you know, what's your experience of the 12 song challenge been? And we got lots of feedback. So we thought we'd read a few of these. It's really fascinating to hear how you've done. We haven't got time to read all of them, um, but I picked out a few. So Rebecca says, I really enjoyed the whole 12 song experience. I managed to do eight of the 12 songs. Well done, Rebecca. You're in the sort of the top echelons there the challenge now though is to actually finish some of them off using the feedback from the forum and get them into a state where they might possibly be introduced into church this is another whole area i find tricky though i'm torn between feeling that if god has helped me write these songs then perhaps we should be using them but at the same time they're obviously not of an equal quality to the worship songs we already sing i don't want my church to feel obliged to use them as a result very few of my songs ever go further than the four walls of my house hmm that's interesting isn't it i mean yeah I, 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 it's uh, helpful that she's been so so honest about it. I think there's two sides to that. One is that we should be happy to write a song and just sing it to God ourselves, and be, you know, confident that okay, you know, I've I've written this song and God is pleased and I've done my best. But also in terms of sharing it with your church, I don't think it's worth trying to. Um, you know compare yourself with graham kendrick and say well is this good enough you know is this as good yep. as the servant king and if it's not then my church shouldn't use it because there's something special about a song coming from your community and that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be you know what what if we mean by as good as yep. a matt redmond song or a you know geraldine latty song so i would just encourage rebecca to think actually you know yes we could sing a matt redmond song but the songs that Rebecca's writing should be reflecting that community. And so they've yeah. got a value within that community. Um, and I don't think she should hold back from at least sharing them. I, you know, I like her humility and saying, you know, I don't want people to feel obliged, but actually to say, well, look, here's some of my songs, use them if you want to, uh, and not to hold back from that. Because I think that's, um, otherwise there's a, there's a danger of uh, over humility and, and, you know, not sharing the gift that we've been given. Yeah, cool. Well, Phil said, I loved having a deadline to meet. It really did motivate me so much that I got so busy writing that I was unable to make time to finish the last few challenges. My health issues put me under too much pressure. I had to prioritise. Trish says, I signed up because there was a, uh, a need for someone to facilitate music, worship music at my church. There wasn't anyone else at the time and I knew I needed to help. This came just when, I, when it was needed. Being with the challenge has given me confidence to try and have felt nurtured even when the outcome hasn't been polished. I just counted the songs I wrote over the last year, including the ones where I collaborated with others. And there are 30, 30 from zero to 30 in one year. Well, well done, Trish. Isn't that brilliant? Trish has done a has done a song every month. She's one of the few, which doesn't include us, <laughs> who actually completed the challenge. Uh, so well done, Trish. Yeah, Dan nice says one. the challenges were great in terms of helping us think through not just how to write songs, but also why. But trying to write a song that met so many specifications at once within a time limit just made it too much for me. Mm. The one I've got in mind which defeated me was the church song, within a certain range, singable, says something meaningful about church, maybe there were more. (laughs) I maybe could have managed one or two of those, or maybe one a month. I wonder whether there could be a couch to 5K version. (laughs) Excellent. I like that. Well, maybe that's what we're kind of, maybe that's kind of what we're doing this year. Uh, James said, being new to worship songwriting, it gave me a really useful forum to share and get feedback, which I found to be consistently positive, valuable and well thought out critique. All in all, fab, a really great idea, well delivered. I only wish I'd had a bit more time, energy to do more. Well, there's always this year, James. Yeah, Marcus says, as one who merely dipped his toe in the water of the 12 song challenge, I found the challenges good, varied and inspiring, if a little difficult to keep up with. Had the potential to dominate my songwriting time. and I didn't feel... I didn't fully engage with it because I didn't want to be distracted from writing other normal songs that I felt inspired or compelled to write. The online system I found quite hard to engage with. I find constructive criticism or comments quite hard if not done face-to-face. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And we've found this, haven't we, Joel, with, with the general Resound writing group, is that actually if when we've just done the online forum, you get to the point where you just hate everyone because <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't see the look in their eye when they're going, this is really good, Joel, but... The look um, of love and compassion yeah. and kindness. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I hope that that is why, you know, doing things that you, you're already planning, like, you know, more retreats and more days could help with that. But I, th- I guess the other thing to say to people if they're involved with this is is to try and get together with some people as well um the the online forum is always going to be a bit of a blunt instrument so yeah do be wary of just getting your feedback from the online forum 
Shelley said, I found it hard to ask others to critique my songs and give constructive criticism, as I find most people are reluctant to point out negative things, but I need people to do that in order to improve. That's what I found so refreshing about this group. We're all able to give constructive feedback as we're all in the same boat. And then finally, Fiona said, I'm really proud. I managed to stick something on the forum every month, give or take a couple of days. I used to write one or two songs a year and they usually weren't about Jesus. <laughs> During the first half of the year, that monthly challenges gave me a refreshing break from studying chemistry, writing my master's thesis, and perhaps came a bit of a procrastination task when I should have been doing those things. In August, I had throat surgery to remove a suspicious lump on my thyroid, which turned out to be cancer. This diagnosis put plans of moving to a new city to start a PhD on hold for a few months, and I suddenly found myself back at home with my parents with very little to do while I had further surgery and radiotherapy. Praise God that despite there being significant risk, there was no damage done to my vocal cords. Singing in church is one of my favourite ways to learn uh, to worship. Uh, the monthly challenges gave me something to work towards at a time when I was sitting around waiting for doctors to make things happen and encouraged me to play piano, sing when I really didn't feel like it. Thank you, Joel and Sam, for all the work you put into the podcast and the challenge this year. It made a real difference to what has been a difficult year and I learned so much about songwriting for the church. I pray everyone would know God's blessing in these last days of 2016 and on into 2017. Wowzers. Thank you for sharing that, Fiona. That is so encouraging and we're so pleased to hear not only that this has been helpful but more importantly that you're you're getting better and you're uh, you're growing not only in your health but in your songwriting so thank you so much for sharing that yeah thanks fiona that's great um sam what would be your broad reflections on the on the 12 song challenge across the year um i have loved just the push to get something done i think it's i um often overthink my songs i often uh you know think oh is this you know the the if it's you know if it's not going to be the next biggest and most amazing cool thing then you know I put it to one side and with this I was you know kind of freed up to go I'm just going to get something out mm. um, and actually I think I've it's resulted in um, you know two or three things that have been really you know finished and and kind of I've put out there but I'm also really happy that there are songs that I I just had a go out and put on the forum and yeah so that that to me has has been the most helpful thing in just having those challenges and and not feeling that pressure to you know make everything perfect Mm. i agree with all those things i agree with the the sense of there being some of the challenges which actually inspired me Mm. and others that didn't really yeah um by and large i had a go anyway a couple of months i didn't do so well um it's quite difficult. And that's the other thing I discovered. It is yeah. actually, it, yeah. even though it's you know, like a song a month and you could just kind of sit down for an hour a month or something and just have a go at something, even that feels like quite an effort. Yeah. Um, but I also appreciated that sense of, of effort. It was a discipline. And there's something about the discipline which says, I'm not, I'm not doing this for, in a sense for sort of the immediate outcome. Yeah. But I'm doing it because of what I'm going to develop and what I'm going to gain from it. So I think... Um, yeah, and I, I'm a bit of a sort of, I suppose, a bit of kind of geeky. T- I sort of, I like the ones with the really tight parameters that set really <laughs> difficult, that yeah. are quite difficult. And I think you quite like the ones which give you free artistic expression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would also say to everyone, you know, who's listening to this, if we ever do these things and you think, oh, there's too many parameters there, you know, feel, we're not going to come around your house and tell mm-hmm. you off, you know, feel free to just say, actually I'm going to ignore three of these parameters and only focus on one that's that's totally fine as well Sam what would you say is the, your favorite of the 12 songs that you wrote in the year or that you attempted uh well I mean we put out my uh, Christ was raised song on on resound so in terms of something getting finished probably that one but um in terms of the process I really enjoyed writing the advent song and I think that was mostly because of the feedback so people like trish and you gavin um mel uh alan fed back just really helpful stuff uh on the forum and it it really strengthened the song um I, I, you know i've changed it a lot i think i'm going to try and work on it for for next year's you know so it comes out in time for advent next year yeah um or it's at least it's available and and, and ready for me to use um See, so, yeah, I think just that that process was 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 really helpful and enjoyable. Cool. How about you, Joel? Well, um, I, I mean, you've put me on the spot. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, the one that that sticks out for me, I think, is um, the the community song. Oh yeah. Um, where where I wrote in this community of grace, yeah. and um, where the orphan finds a family, the wanderer finds a place, and mm. and I I. 
that stands out for me because it it feels quite personal. I think because I wrote it and followed the rules of the challenge quite carefully. Yeah, set quite strict parameters. But I reflected a lot on my church, um, kind of home group pastorate, um, and what it had been like over the last couple of years, and, and what it was to be a community. And I found in there all sorts of things which were um, biblical, godly principles at work in our life. And, so, and I wrote it out of that. So I, that really stands out to me. I was try, I'm sort of trying to get it completely pinned down because I want to be able to use it at church. Yeah. Um, and I just need to get the... I would love to use it this Sunday, actually, because we're starting a new series on community. So, mm. um, yeah, that's a little challenge for me to get done. But I think that's the one that stands out. Yeah, let's have a look at the December challenge. This is where we set two lines. We call it the two-line challenge, which is potentially where we just said, look, here's a couple of lines from songs that we've been working on but never really gone anywhere. You have them. Make them part of your... Write something around them and see what you can come up with. Um, let's quickly remind you how they went. Sam, how did yours go? Open our eyes to a world of need. Open our eyes. With your generosity. Yeah. Like that. Mine went like this. We give glory, honor, and praise to the Savior, the King of all grace. So that's what we put out there. Uh, do you want to hear? Uh, I made a little mis- I'll be. We didn't get a lot. For this now it I was christmas challenge it was christmas wasn't it it was busy but the ones we did get i've just i put a, a little mashup of them so we can just hear the different ways that people approach them there yeah makes me a bit nervous about sharing mine to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i really out of those ones i really liked um i the first one was trish and i love it when trish shares a song i assume it's a ukulele or classical guitar or something sounds lovely doesn't it Uh, and it's just this lovely sort of folky sound i could never hope to mimic it um and then uh, the last one i i liked the way that um andy actually used it as a pre-chorus the glory honor and praise save the king of all grace do, 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 do. It felt like a really good, like he'd carried it on and it yeah. in really good shape. It was nice. Um, Sam, what did you do? Uh, well, I, uh, when we were at that songwriting thing, you and I, Joel, um, in November, yes. um, we were listening to Ian Archer talk. And one of the things he said was, 
um, sort of breaking out of ruts and things is, you know, if you never write a song with the same chord progression throughout, why not try it? And so... Uh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. With this, I thought... Because actually... You said that's not... a really contemporary sound. Actually, it's really... Yeah. Isn't it, and, at the moment? People and I think, you know, that musicians, we will tend to sort of use, you know, different chord changes as almost, okay, this is how we're going to bring interest. So... I set myself the challenge of just using your chord progression. Nice. And then trying to write sort of different <sighs> tricky. melodies. Tricky, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was <laughs> tricky or just a cop-out. But, um, and then thematically, um, I'm leading worship on Sunday and the theme is 1 Chronicles 29, which is when uh, David is is praying and, and basically dedicating the temple, but saying, you know, how can we give back to you when actually everything comes from your hand, God, and it's all it's all a yeah. gift. So I, I kind of thought that that fitted with your kind of the king of all grace you know it's all from god and cool so, so that's kind of um yeah i don't know see how we can <laughs> we give glory honor and praise to the savior the king of all grace yes we've come together today to thank you lord every perfect gift comes from you you provide forgive and renew now we long to give you your due and thank you lord yours lord is the greatness and power yours lord is the glory and fame yours lord are the earth and the heavens so we rejoice to praise your glorious name three. who can praise as your glory demands all we have come straight from your hands still by grace alone we can stand thank you lord Yours, Lord, is the greatness and power. Yours, Lord, is the glory and fame. Yours, Lord, are the earth and the heavens. So we rejoice to praise your glorious name. We rejoice to praise your glorious name. Hey! Wow! This is such a fun challenge. I wish we'd done this one earlier and got more people involved. Because it is so cool hearing what people do. Yeah. You know, when you offer a couple of lines and, and see where they take it. That's really good. Oh, I really fun. like that. And I love... Um, I had nothing like that in mind at all when I was writing those words. Oh, that's fun. Isn't that funny? But yeah. the idea of the King of Grace and it's all, all the stuff he's given, and that, I think it works. Sam, that's I think funny. that works. I think that's a winner. You can slap it up on the lyrics up on the on the podcast page. I will do. See, yeah. my diction is probably not perfect. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I really like it. That I I suppose having listened to Andy's one that I, we just heard, I loved the way he lifted the melody in the third line when he was repeating that thing. Mm, yeah, and that would be the thing I'd suggest. Um, well, I, I guess I was, I was sort of intentionally trying to keep it simple, um, but I I can see that you know you might want to you might want to take it somewhere different in the third just line. Just a little, a little, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, and it worked as well. Keeping the yeah, keeping the chord progression. I think that was a, that was a nice idea, and singing. Yours, Lord, is the do 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 do. It's catchy. Did, I think that's got legs. Did you see your initial thing as the chorus, or did you see it as a verse? It was initially a chorus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I yeah. I thought of thought that that was in your head. Yeah. And, it, and I so sort of I'm going to mess with his head. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, do you want me to show you what I've done with yours? It's not quite as extensive. Um, I think mine was harder to... Yours um... was oh, terribly hard. So, uh, I went something like this. Open... I also, I could not help but slightly um, delay some of the notes in it to try and make them fit in. But you'll see what I mean. Open our eyes to a world of need open our hands with a generosity so that we may show the world the Father's love open our hearts 
hearts to the pain we see open our ears to the cries of those in me so that we may show the world the Father's love I'm afraid that's as far as I got so that's really that, good, that was the chorus for me. Yeah. I'd sort of developed into a chorus. And now I wanted to start writing a verse, but it just got, I got so bogged down. It sounded like a sort of a... Um, actually, this is what I did. I can't remember the tune now, but... Very much so. You could do it slightly faster, probably, actually, now I've sung it. The world of Father's love There are people on the streets Boats of refugees People struggling to eat Global powers full of greed There are those without a home People suffering alone That, and that's as far as I got I didn't think it worked very well, but um, I, yeah I, I think you, the, that chorusy thing you've done works really well And I really like when you go to chord one In a, like, in a place that I wouldn't have done uh-huh. And then you go I really like that That, I wouldn't have done that but that worked really well Well, I might Um, uh, just read the words of the chorus to us open our eyes to a world of need you'll spot there's a a thing I need to change open our eyes to a world of need open our hands with your generosity so that we may show the world a father's love open our hearts to the pain we see open our ears to the cries of those in need so that we may show the world a father's love clearly I've ended two lines with need but that's as far as I got yeah no, I, I mean, I think it does work really well. I, I'm, I'm not sure with what you had for the, for the verse. I think listing please bad things in the world is, is a sort of, is something I've noticed a lot of <laughs> LST students doing when I used to do songwriting um, classes with them on a regular basis. Um, and I think it's, it doesn't actually grab you when you just hear a whole list yeah, of no, problems. So I think what you need is something a little bit more evocative there. Yeah. Um, or something more God focused, um, because actually you've already opened up. You know, open our eyes to yeah. the pain of the world. So, is the does the verse need to be more actually about this is God's heart? Yeah, and therefore open our eyes. This is uh, this is what God sees. This is what God does. This is this is God's yeah. heart. Yeah, this yeah. Is God God hears the cries and so on. That and it makes it, cool. it it makes it more of a worship song and less sort of heal the world. It does. It's really hard not to end up sort of writing a protest song or something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, we can discuss another time about how you combine protest songs with the worship songs. I'm sure there is a good way, probably, of doing it. That's it. That's the end of the 12-song challenge. Oh. Well, well done, everybody. A very, very small handful. I think possibly only two people managed a song a month. Sam, you and I, I think, managed about 10 out of 12. Maybe yeah. even 11. Um, I definitely didn't write Manage 11, but... You didn't. No, you... Yeah. Um, so that's that. So I hope um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for those of you who fed back. Thank you to those who talked about the kind of highs and lows of it and how it went. Certainly for me, um, I did it for me as much as anyone else, if I'm really honest. It was a way of just getting writing some stuff. And at least one of the songs has come out of that and, and is now on the Resound website, so I'm thrilled about that. Um, you've had the same experience, Sam. So that's been good for us. Uh, it's been a good thing to do. Um, this is our moment then to introduce what we're going to do for 2017. We're going to do something called the song cycle. Song cycle, song cycle. Everybody do the song cycle. Write that song. So it's good. it bears uh, the passing resemblance to the 12 song challenge. But the key difference is that instead of writing one song a month, we're going to do it in terms. Now, if you're listening outside the UK and you're used to semesters, then we have three terms a year, um, autumn, spring and summer. That's how we divide up our years around school holidays. Um, And essentially kind of three month blocks, give or take, it tends to work out as. Um, And it's a song cycle because what we're going to try and do is three times through the years actually go from initial inspiration right through to a complete song giving ourselves a good three three and a half months to do it 
and it's something we can work on together we'll have a forum again we'll talk about it on the um on the podcasts and sam and i will share how we're working on things we would love you to be involved again this time so it takes some of the pressure off those of you said i couldn't keep going it was too much it was relentless this is a little more sedate a little bit more considered and thoughtful and it's an opportunity to actually really hone and finish something so you get to the end of it this time instead of having had lots of ideas being able to say yes actually you know i've written three complete songs by the end of the year um that's the plan Uh, we're going to begin it from the beginning of january or from from now it's just after the beginning of january um and uh let me outline for you what the song cycle is going to look like song cycle song cycle everybody do the song cycle write that song so the plan is that in month one we have three things we try to achieve. The first is inspiration. The second is um, ideas or first drafts. And the third is narrowing down. So I'll explain those in a bit more detail in a moment. Um, then in month two, we move on to research as we may study or read or pray or listen to other stuff uh, to actually really writing, working hard, putting in the graft of just writing and writing, and writing on that particular song and sharing it with other writers and other people and getting feedback and bouncing your drafts around with different people. Then in month three is where we come into really finally refining it, which is to test your song. So find a congregation, a band, a small group and try it out with them as a worship activity and then refine it based on that and the last little bits you need to fix. And then about how we present the song. So whether it's a recording or transcribing or teaching it or sharing it and so on. Um, That is the plan for the song cycle. Sam, how does that sound? I think it sounds really good. I think we ha- we've had the feedback, haven't we? The people said, you know, the 12 Song Challenge was great for getting the ideas down, but what I missed was the opportunity to to actually hone them and respond to the feedback in a good way. So the idea with this is that we actually give ourselves enough time not only to get an idea down, but also to, to follow it through to completion. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do in month one is inspiration. And this is just about getting inspired. It's not about writing a song. And so Sam and I have just come up with a few ideas for ways you could do that. Um, And I'm going to list a few and then Sam's got a few ideas. We're not going to spend a long time commenting on them. But it's how can we we actually go out looking for inspiration. Mine are a bit more churchy and Sam's are a bit more arty, which is good. Um, So my first idea is um, look ahead to what's coming up in your church calendar. E.g. a preaching series or if you follow the lectionary or an event or something in the life of your church. Remember to leave a good delay because it's going to take you a few months to write the song. Yeah. So that's one way of inspiration. Just look and see what's coming up. What might we need a song on in six months time? Whatever it might be. Uh, the next is actually to look backwards through your recent services and, and worship. And what was the song you were looking for that you couldn't find? Mm. You tried to find, I'd find this a lot. I just want a song that says this or says that or, or does this. And, it's a gap uh, area, often isn't can't it? Find it? Yeah. And it ha- often highlights a gap area, whereas rather than it being, oh, you know what, there aren't enough songs on. You actually say, what did I actually need a song on? Yeah. And then chances are you're going to need it again. Um my third idea is to do is to meditate on a verse or passage of scripture. You could do this every day. And, and and one way you do this is you just take a simple verse and you just meditate on every word in it. And that means just mm. kind of repeating the word a few times, thinking around that word, praying around that word. Then you move on to the next one. It's a form of meditation. If, if um, people find that hard to do just in their head, I, yeah. I quite often do that on longhand on paper. So I'll take a verse and I'll write it out, you know, in the middle of a bit of A4 and then actually do kind of... Um, like a sort of brainstorm off those words so kind of oh nice yeah you know so actually fill a sheet of a4 or a couple of sheets with doing it longhand because i find just in my head my brain just kind of um wanders yeah brilliant um another idea is um if you're the sort of person who makes notes when you listen to sermons maybe you're not but um some people do instead of sort of writing notes on the sermon why not write songwriting note ideas as you listen to a sermon Mm. being preached every time a line comes up either it's a good you know think oh that's a great line i could put that in a song or i could write a song about this you know just be thinking songwriting as you listen to the um uh, to, to the sermons being preached and then um finally mine is that it's just you know commit to a daily bible reading where your prayer and reflection again includes you think songwriting so yeah. read a bit of the scriptures every day and yeah, sure, you know, pray about it and think about applying it to life as well. But maybe to say, I'm going to just focus, I'm going to write songwriting notes. And that is a song on this, a few ideas for a, 
a few key lines or you know mm. that kind of thing make that part of your discipline those are great yeah i've um just got hold of this book called the artist's way which um was also mentioned at the uh, songwriting event we went to last year um by maggie dawn and by ian archer and um, it's by Julia Cameron, and I've kind of heard of it before, and I've heard of the idea, particularly of, it's called Morning Pages, uh, but I just never read the book before, and it kind of surprised me, because apparently it's been around for 25 years, and it's inspired people like uh, Pete Townsend from The Who, and Alicia Keys, and all sorts of people, um, and she is basically um she's she would call herself i think sort of spiritual rather than necessarily evangelical christian so you have to kind of come at it with that kind of open uh, eyes mm-hmm. um but one of the things she talks about is this morning pages idea which is basically uh to first thing in the morning ideally just to write three pages of some people call it automatic writing uh some people might think of it as journaling or uh, i mean I, I kind of interpret it as a kind of written out prayer in the morning uh but the idea is not to to write a song or to be necessarily particularly creative initially but just to process what's going on in your mind in your heart just to get it out there um there is a sense of kind of prayer and meditation about it um there's also a sense of getting over a sort of artist block where often we feel oh you know it's so hard just to make a mark on the page it's so hard when there's a you know a blank page or a you know a whole song to be written or whatever and just to kind of start yourself off and then as you look back you might spot themes you might spot lines that you could it might just be as you're writing suddenly you get inspired um and i I, i've got to say this is something i'm going to try i I did it this morning for the first time uh in the way that she describes and uh um yeah i guess it it could be a way that people and i know I, i put something out on facebook yesterday saying has anyone else done this and immediately two people got back to me and said yeah i found this really helpful uh someone was particularly talking about you know getting ideas for songwriting from it so uh it's called uh morning pages and if, if people are interested it's in the book the artist way um the other thing she describes is something called an artist date which uh might sound a little bit more odd but this is basically yeah. spending she sort of describes the inner artist in you as like you need to have a relationship with your inner artist which some people might struggle with that that idea <laughs> but um it's maybe just a thought experiment to, to do and and actually you need to kind of just as like any relationship with a with a you know a spouse or a loved one you have to give it quality time you also need to have quality time with your artistic side um and so she says you know once a week plan time which is just for you to do something that kind of fills your tank creatively so that might be you know going to see a really good film or you know watching something on tv that is really inspiring to you or listening to some music that really kind of fires you up or reading something or just going for a walk in a you know in a field or it doesn't have to be expensive and she also the the phrase that she used in the book which i really like she says um it's about mystery not mastery um let me try and find the actual um thing here you go um think delight think fun do not think duty do not think what you should do spiritual sit-ups like reading a dull but recommended critical text do what intrigues you explore what interests you think mystery not mastery and I, I guess, you know, for me and you, Joel, we're, we're quite the sort of people, you know, we'll we'll read a, a commentary or a Bible um, book or something like that. And I guess there's this other side of the creative process, which is about being inspired, about kind of being woken up to the to the amazing things around us. And and so, you know, this idea of maybe an artist day or filling your creative tank, maybe that's another way that people can get uh, inspired. It's brilliant. Good stuff. So that's the inspiration. The idea is there you're not. It's not focused, really, is it? It's just it's it's finding different ways to get inspiration. The next yeah. part of the process in the first month is is first ideas, and the idea here is that you start writing a bunch of songs. So you yeah. don't just kind of pick one, but you you take various bits of inspiration and you just have a go and see where they go. And you might write a you know a chorus or a verse or a, or a couple of lines or whatever it might be. Um, 
So it's just some thoughts there on how do you, I mean, we talk about this kind of thing a lot, I guess, but how do you just get started on a song? And I've just come up with a few suggestions and then Sam's got some as well. Um, the first is that you just look through, say, a Bible text and you look for the key phrase. What is it? What's the key phrase in that text? Or maybe in your kind of musings, you've come up with the key phrase. Um, yeah. And you say, OK, that's going to be, in a sense, my landing line, which is either mm. going to be the first line of my chorus or the last line of my chorus or something like that. And that's where you start trying to build it. Um, rather than trying to think, okay, how should the song start? You think, okay, I'm going to build something around my my most important phrase, and that's yeah. your starting point. So you come up with a way of of doing that. Um, the second is uh, we mentioned this when um, we were reviewing um, "Everyone Needs Compassion" about this time last year. Um, that Ruben Morgan said for that one, he just kind of he stood up. He held his guitar, he imagined the congregation in front of him and he started saying some, playing some chords just to set a mood that matched the theme of what he wanted to do. And there, there's an idea. So mm. um, literally at your piano or your guitar, imagine the congregation is in front of you. Close your eyes, get in the physical posture you would use for leading worship um, and just start playing and play something which sets a mood and then begin um, to, as you establish something there, then begin to write some melody and lyrics over the top of it. Um, a third one is that you write, and I would sort of recommend this often for songs, is you write a summary statement for the whole song. So you say, okay, this is my, in a very short sentence, this is what my song says. Um, so God is faithful, we depend on him. That could be your your summary statement or, or something like that. And yeah. then take that statement and try and expand it into a kind of a longer form, into a four-line verse or an eight-line verse or something like that. So you're taking an initial statement and then your your text, you just try and write it as text perhaps, um, is just saying that but saying it more expansively and exploring it. So you, you're very much kind of holding it within that that thought. And then the final thing is, uh, we did this on the on the songwriting retreat last year. It was, it was a really good exercise. Maybe I'll flesh it out a bit more at some point. Um, and that is pick your theme um and then try to cut it's basically is to pick your rhyming words first mm, okay. so basically to say okay i want um couplets of rhyming words and those words have to all be absolutely related to the theme um so rather than i just try to find right so it's just you kind of almost you could just read the rhyming words and you'd know what the song was about and then work backwards and yeah. build some lyrics and, and a verse around those from your ending words. So there you go. There's a few ideas just of how you kind of get started on something. Yeah, I mean, I would I would just add um, musical things. Um, just find one chord progression that you loop around. So um, I think often we can, we can spend hours trying to find just the perfect chords, but just, you know, hit on three or four chords, even one or two, you know, two chords, if you like, and... Uh, you know, either set them, you know, going on a, a recording or just play them over and over again and then improvise melodies over, you know, using some of the phrases that you've 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 written down or some of those things that Joel has talked about. Um, you can do the same thing as well over a, a beat or a rhythm. Sometimes if you're getting a bit stale um, and you think, oh, gosh, I always play, you know, play the same tempo or the same kind of groove, you know, find a, a drum machine or find a, a keyboard or a... Um, a loop on a computer or something and jam over a different kind of rhythm and that could bring mm. out new ideas um and uh, the other thing that um Geraldine Latty says and I think we've mentioned this before but I would really encourage people to think about this at this stage is um turn the edit button off mm. just get these ideas out just kind of let it splurge um you're never going to hit on the best idea um very unlikely that you'll hit on the best idea in the first five minutes maybe even the first time you sit down to do it you might do half an hour 20 minutes an hour splurging out ideas and actually it's okay just to get those out and often you know if you're maybe recording those you might want to go back and listen and you might spot things later or it might be you know that your first sitting actually you, you produce nothing but then when you come back to it the day later you've learned so much from that first sitting that actually ah, oh, now hang on now it's flowing so you know don't be too harsh on yourself in the first uh, in this stage this is very much a kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what happens kind of stage yeah absolutely and the idea is that the end of this stage you've got 
probably the beginnings of four or five different songs. Yeah. Now, sometimes you might find you've written three verses in the chorus, and that's great. And for something else, you've just got a few lines and so on. And what we, what, what we want to suggest then is that so you draw on different bits of inspiration. You have a, go, a bunch of different songs, and then you share all of them. And the forum address, if you want to join in on there, which would be a really valuable way of doing it, is songcycle.resoundworship.org. What we're going to do is we're going to keep the old 12-song challenge forum um, so you don't have to re-register and so on. You can use your old login, but it will just transform a bit and it will now be at the site songcycle.resoundworship.org. If you can't remember it and you go to 12songs.resoundworship.org, that will also find your way there. And what you do is you just post up a few of your ideas and just get a bit of feedback. And and when you read other people's and listen to other people's, you can say, oh, I really like this, not sure about that, that works well, that doesn't. And by drawing in that kind of feedback, and also share it with your friends, share it with people in your church, whatever, just try out different things on them and get a bit of a sense of, by the, the idea by the end of the month is that you get some inspiration, you have some first ideas, you share them. You've narrowed it down to say, do you know what? Now I know this is the song I'm going to work on. So I've narrowed it down and this is the one that's really got legs from what I'm doing. And ideally, you know, we, we're giving ourselves a month for this. So I would say ideally, you know, give give yourself, you know, time in what, week one to do your inspiration. Maybe some time in week two to do, you know, give yourself the time. Don't wait till the end of January if you can uh, to do this. You know, spend the time and then maybe the last week in January you can be doing your narrowing down but you know we're given breathing space in this uh, in this challenge i think so all that remains for me to do is to introduce our featured song which this time is o faithful lord written by mark bradford um i just got a couple of notes from uh, mark on writing the song he says this song draws its origins from the time of the illness and death of my dad Singing and making music before the Lord became a particularly important expression of worship for me at a time when I was largely unable to process exactly how I was feeling. And yet there were very few songs that resounded with how I was feeling. Often it wasn't the lyrics that were the problem, but the tone or the mood of the song that just didn't resonate. While sitting at the piano with these kinds of thoughts in mind one day, this song began to emerge. It sought to express a confidence in God, albeit a confidence expressed in brokenness rather than in triumph. Yet a confidence determinedly holding on to the promises of God, not least the ultimate promise that one day God will make all things new. And the second, third and fourth verses were written first and came together relatively straightforwardly, though with lots of tinkering on the way. The first verse was the struggle and the writing of it encapsulated the move I had to make from seeing it as my song coming out of my particular experience to one that hopefully can be sung by others within their own contexts of brokenness, past, present or future. So we're really delighted to share this uh, new song with you by Mark Bradford. It's O Faithful Lord. Uh, do get in touch with us with your questions and comments via facebook.com slash resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship or email podcast at resoundworship.org. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye. O faithful Lord, my solid ground, when storms are raging, cross your precious blood will keep me safe within the flood nothing in all this world I know can separate me from your love so I will cling to being found my life secure
I shall fear no evil there, for you are with me, whispering still your peace in times of trial and ill. My boldest hope shall still Today